God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Welcome to Living Life. From today on, we're going to meditate on the book of 1 Corinthians. In today's passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we can clearly see that this book is written by the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote 1 Corinthians from the city of Ephesus during his third missionary journey. It was between 55 and 56 AD. He ministered in the city of Corinth more than two years. Unfortunately, however, after he left the city, he heard that the church of Corinth was backslidden and had problems such as church division, sexual immorality, divorce, and host of doctrinal issues. Therefore, Paul wanted them to understand how believers should live and think in the midst of godless culture so that they can live an upright and holy life before God. This was short introduction to the book of 1 Corinthians. Now let's read today's passage and come back. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Welcome back to Living Life. Today's passage is divided into two parts. The first part from verses 1 through 3, I will let you know the identity of ministers, church, and believers. The second part from verses 4 through 9, Paul reveals three resources that believers already have in order to live an upright and holy life. Let's jump into the first part. Let's read verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Paul introduces himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. He doesn't start a letter with plain and simple greeting like, I, Paul, write this letter to you, Corinthians. No. Paul is strongly emphasizing his apostleship. He says, I'm an apostle, I'm a minister, a servant, a pastor, a messenger. But the more important thing is that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He is not a minister of church, of so-and-so. 
No, he was saying, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, called by the will of God. It was not men or women called him or appointed him as an apostle. It is not a church called him to be a minister. It was Jesus Christ who called him. It was God the Father who appointed him to be an apostle. Same thing with you and me. You may be a pastor, a minister, an elder, or deacon, or teacher, or student leader, but don't forget that you are called by Jesus Christ. God the Father appointed you as his servant. As God is pure and holy, God made you pure and holy. That's your and my identity. Let's continue to read verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Paul continues to say that the church of Corinth is the church of God. It is not man's church. It's God's church. It belongs to God. It doesn't belong to the senior pastor. It doesn't belong to the board of elders. No, the church belongs to God. The owner of the church is not pastor or elder or congregation. No, God is the owner of the church. Who is running your church? The senior pastor, the board of elders or deacons, or the congregation is running your church? No, God has to run our churches. God's word is to lead our church. Of course, God is running the church through us, but we have sins and flaws. That's why we have seek His will through reading the scriptures and prayer, because the church belongs to God. Lastly, Paul talks about the identity of believers. He says that believers in Corinthian church are holy people, sanctified in Christ Jesus. Yes, believers are called saints because they are sanctified, set apart, and holy. As servants of God and as a church, the Bible says we are the church, and as believers, we have to be holy, set apart, and sanctified because God who called us, Jesus who saved us, are holy. In the second part of today's passage, Paul points out three resources that believers can use to be holy and purified. The first resource is the grace of God. Let's read verse 4. I always thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. Paul was saying, Christians, I'm so thankful that God has given you His grace in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Grace means undeserved favor and blessing of God. Paul was saying like, don't you guys remember? You were sinners. You deserve God's wrath and condemnation because of that. But God gave you grace, namely His favor and blessing. That's why you are saved and became children of God. Don't try to earn His favor and His blessing through your deeds. It is God's grace, God's free gift to you. You just receive it from God. Christians in Corinth were putting a strong effort not to sin, but they stumbled and sinned eventually. Paul was saying to them, you have a great resource in you, the grace of God. Trust God's grace in your conduct each and every moment. Then God will lead you not to stumble and not to sin. Let's see second resources. Uh, let's read verses 5 through 7. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, 
God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. The second resource is spiritual gift. What is a spiritual gift in this context? Paul says that spiritual gift will enrich believers in every way with speech, with knowledge, and with confirmation. How does the Holy Spirit enrich us with speech? The Holy Spirit makes us proclaim our faith when we are tempted to sin. For instance, when I'm facing a temptation, I declare with faith, Peel, you are a child of God. God gave a power to resist the sin. I'm not going to do this, Satan, because I'm a child of God. How about the Holy Spirit enrich us with all knowledge? When we face temptation, the Holy Spirit reminds us of the scripture knowledge that we have so that we do not sin. For instance, when I am facing sexual temptation, the Holy Spirit rem reminds of the story of Joseph so that I can flee from that temptation. Lastly, the research number three. Let's read verse nine. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The third and last resource is fellowship. Paul was saying, Christians, you have sinned because you were fighting against sin all alone. You have, you have to fight against sin, against this world, and against Satan with Christ and with fellow believers. That's why fellowship is so important if, if you are alone. It's so difficult to live as a believer. There are two things that we cannot do alone by ourselves. One is marriage, and uh, second is Christian life. But if you team up with Jesus Christ as you walk with Him and talk with Him each and every day, He will help you to live a holy life. Moreover, if you team up with other Christians as you are deeply connected with other Christians through small group meetings, it is a lot easier to live a godly, godly life because you can share your struggle with other Christians. They will pray for you and encourage you to live a holy life. Let me sum up. You and I are believers, church, and servants of God, called by Jesus Christ and appointed by our God. Therefore, we possess three great resources, such as the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, and the fellowship with Christ and other Christians. This will help us to live a holy and upright life in this world. Let me wrap up today's message with a few questions. Are you a servant of God or a servant of man? Marriage and Christian life we cannot do alone. How is your fellowship with other Christians? Let's pray. Dear God, I am your servant. You have called me. You have saved me. Help me to abide in Christ, hand in hand with other Christians. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, CGN.